This is Fandom Buzz. Today's episode is called Cold Snap, Outer Sailors, and the Illuminate Files series. Thanks for tuning in. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 17. Can you believe we've made it to 17? I personally can't believe it. I mean, I was... That's a little crazy. It is. Considering we started this completely on a whim. Uh, it's it's still it's still very whimsical actually come to think still of it still the path of least resistance it is absolutely still the path of least like resistance <laughs> because this is real again this is the break room for Alexa loves books and Alexa's uh, you know blog and all of her social media stuff where there we try to put a sheen well she especially is very good oh, at we try putting to be a, sheen a bit more professional yeah very professional very you know we want to try to explain what we've read and all the good stuff and what's coming here it's like all just feelings and ranting a and, lot and spoilers and spoilers Never forget lots the spoilers. and lots of spoilers about as much as we fangirl are there as many spoilers in this thing but uh yeah i was raised on uh 90s uh, late 90s early 2000s um tv shows right mm-hmm. so buffy the vampire slayer charmed angel that kind of deal and back in them days uh shows were about 22 episodes hereabouts still sure i mean you've got your series hiatus it's sisters etc but um so yeah so we'll see if uh, you know we're gonna make it all the way up to 22 episodes if i'm gonna stick to my guns and think this is a 22 episode season we'll we'll figure that out either way either way there's going to be more of our usuals season one is going to be ending soon about because that's just how it is and um uh and with it uh we shall maybe retire some of the games and maybe maybe or combine some or or start new ones we don't know but um but we never do but we (laughs) never we never do this is very organic as organic as we want it to be but um, again, so this sort of almost serves as like a sort of like a geeky journal, even of our bookish and uh, otaku exploits, uh, true, true. and just sort of like if we listen to this stuff, we'll remember, hey, this is the stuff that actually mattered to us because why would we talking? Why would we be talking about it if it didn't? So, so on with the show. We're gonna start with some uh, bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. All righty, so what is the buzz? Uh, tell me what's uh, happening. A Tim Rice line, for those of you who are theater geeks. Well, we got a couple of bookish announcements. So first is that author Elizabeth Lim is doing a book called Six Crimson Cranes. This is sort of another series set in the same world as her Spin the Dawn duology. And this is going to be an ima- reimagining of the Wild Swans fairy tale, which I'm very excited about. We also, well, I also just learned that there's going to be a sequel to the book Anna Kay. There's going to be a sequel called Anna Kay Away. I do not want to talk about the plot of that one because it's so much more fun going into that book not knowing anything. So for once, I'm not going to be spoilery about it. We also got cover reveals for Written in Starlight by Isabel Ibanez. It's beautiful. This is her companion novel to Woven in Moonlight. And I'm very curious about it because I did think that the first book ended in a way where a companion novel would make sense, so we'll see how that goes. We also got a cover reveal for Slingshot by Mercedes Helnwein. This is a debut contemporary novel. It's about falling in love for the first time, and the tagline is sort of something along the lines of, like, life can change depending on where you aim your slingshot. So I'm very curious. And I also learned that Roshni Chokshi is doing an audiobook novella with Audible. It's called Once More Upon a Time. So according to Roshni's caption on Instagram, it has second chance romance, a couple of cannibals, and a rogue honey badger. Which, I mean, combination-wise, sounds great. I love rogue honey badgers. And the last and most recently surprising news that I received was that there is going to be a collector's edition of Anna and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins. 
that book came out some time ago. I can't actually remember, but it is one that I have very fond feelings for because it's a book that I shared with two of my best friends. The collector's edition is this gorgeous like pale pink. It's got the Eiffel Tower on it. It's got sprayed edges. It's coming out in fall 2020. So that's pretty much all I've got for you for Bookish Buzz this week. Lovely. I just have just a few... Well, actually, not just a few. It's just the one kind of thing <laughs> that is sort of on its. Uh, that's sort of in here. For those of you who are fans of um, uh, the Shadowhunter series, I know it's. Why aren't we right? Um, inter- interestingly enough, uh, the Infernal Devices graphic novels are now on Kindle Unlimited, oh, mm-hmm. so I get a chance to take a good look at those and see how it how it works i mean alexa just i think in the last few months had read uh the graphic novel versions of marie marie lou's um uh legacy no legacy was it legacy legend legend marie lou's legend series thank thank you for the correction and uh and those were great i hear so there's this sort of like thing where you know there there are graphic novel versions of i know percy jackson has their own thing uh, harry potter that some of our faves are there so i would be very curious to see what that looks like um mm-hmm. and uh to me that is uh, the only thing i kind of am buzzing about because i thought oh infernal voices we're gonna do that and adding it there cool all righty then now it's uh time for a game okay which all one right uh as always we are going to start out with anywhere but here fiction edition anywhere but here fiction edition anywhere but here fiction edition is a game we like to play especially relevant in uh quarantine times where uh you just want to ask somebody hey if you could be anywhere but here that wasn't a real place sure fictional right where would you be I'm going to say the Soma Beach House because why wouldn't mm-hmm. I want to be with Do- the Soma Clan in the Beach House? The Soma Clan is from Fruits Basket, which we have talked about multiple times on this podcast. So we're not going to go into much detail, but because they're a big sort of well-off family, they do have a couple of like summer properties and there is a beach house that they're currently at, which I would like to invite myself to. Ah, yes, that would be awesome. I, on the other hand, would like to be, and this is, and this is just because Alexa and I are going to be watching this tonight. I want to be in uh, that little town uh, featured <laughs> every day, like the one before. No, um, the 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 small little kind of, I don't know, like town, city, t- I don't even know, uh, featured in Whisper of the Heart, uh-huh. which is a Studio Ghibli uh, sort of produced movie. It's oddly enough not a Miyazaki like thing, like he didn't write it. But the studio picked it up and it's sort of been attached to the entire sort of like uh, body of work of Studio Ghibli. And uh, it is still by far my favorite of all time, all Ghibli movies combined. Mm. Uh, it's a story about a young girl named Shizuku who is uh, wanting... Best, no yeah, well, <laughs> well, she starts off sort of just like living her best life, right? I mean, she has a... And this is what really got me. She loves books. She loves music. Uh, in fact, the, 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 the thing opens up so on her. I'm so shocked that that's why she like her. I know, right? I mean, so um, I mean, it's such a such a curveball for my types, but she loves music so much that she actually did a translation of John Denver's Country Road, which I which I hear is huge in Japan and probably dates this piece. Which is a fun fact that I did not know until we watched that movie. Right, and so and it, it's so random that it's and it's not John Denver actually singing the piece. I think they they redid it for for the movie, um, but she does a Japanese translation of it, and it's pretty and it's cute. She did even she even did a quirky one, and um, her day is ruined when a boy finds 
her you know uh her Love notes like her day is ruined oh yeah totally her like her day is her entire day is just goes out the window when a boy finds uh tucked in the pages uh tucked away in the pages of uh one of her you know recently borrowed library books um finds that the, her notes both to the to the to, to the to the parody and to the to the real translation and he says it's not good and she's just like how dare you that's just basically her entire relationship with this random boy who she sees reading that book like on a bench and he's like it's, it's just not that good and she's just angry the entire time and she comes home and she dreams because she pulls out the library card of that book and she goes oh my gosh wait like my day is better now because this book and then this other book that i borrowed and this other book that i borrowed they were all borrowed by the same guy who could this mystery person be who has been reading all the same books that i've been I reading i bet and you guys will never that, guess who it is i know right and at that moment i'm like i need this story in my life pretty much forever because that is the kind of stuff that i live for like that is you know it's just like oh my just that just the whimsy of it right of he, you know this 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 guy has borrowed um, books that I've read, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is perfect. And so I want to be You're in that just town. Like, oh my god, he borrowed the books that she's read. Oh my god. Right. I want to be in that town. I want to borrow books in that library. I want to be classmates with Shizuko, and I'm just like, girl, who is the dude in your library books? I want to see him. I think Shizuko and I could be friends. She eventually discovers that she kind of wants to be a writer because things conspire in her life to make her go. I want to make something of myself. Uh, you know, there's a little quaint antique shop that is also sort of like central to the lore of the story, uh, where there are characters or even like figurines in that antique shop that have their own little bit of uh, like a backstory. And I just love how idyllic that is. There is a cat mm. that I swear to God will not respect me, but um, but is. I mean, but, I wasn't gonna say that. But. but but how many cats respect people really? If you That's think about was, it. But at, but this one especially, like he's just like I don't know what you're doing here, kid. But um, but I but I need this town. I want to live in that town. I want to be friends with these dudes. Like how you need the town. I want to tell that other dude who was gonna try to like confess his feelings to she's a girl. It's like, yo, dude, don't do that because she's not into that kind of thing. But oh my god, I know you want to like totally tell her, but you shouldn't. And then that other girl who kind of wants to like propose to the other dude who wanted, I'd be like, guys, it's not happening. But go shoot your shot. I'm gonna be here. Let's drink some tea. It's gonna be awesome. I like her. That, like, let's drink some tea. That is that is how elaborate my my and, and I'm, imaginings and I'm, have gotten. My, and, and I'll get to why I want to be there, like in in, in another like in, in new and for review. Mm. But uh, but that is absolutely that um, because I absolutely want to uh, be there. I got that writer's vibe going on, and we'll explain a little bit more of that shortly. Shortly. All right. Our next game that we would like to play for this season is Such a Soundtrack. Such a Soundtrack. All right, Such a Soundtrack is what song has been sort of on repeat for you or has really sort of grabbed you by the lapels and went, oh my God, this song would totally be something uh, like a soundtrack to a story or could have its own story, has a great story, uh, could totally be a soundtrack of a book. What would it be? This is actually the first time where I was like, I know my answer to this question. Let, let's see if it's the same sure. answer. Let's see if this, I have so, the same answer. I actually recently watched a couple of things. We'll talk about them a little later. But one of those things was Ben Platt's Netflix special. Oh, okay. And it was really great, and I really enjoyed it. And there is this song that's on his album. I've only listened to it a couple of times prior to this special. So there's a song that's on his album called Runaway. Oh, I that's love beautiful. that song. It is the most gorgeous song. And it just tells the story of his parents falling in love and then them having a kid and then teaching their kid about love and the kid growing up 
to also be in his own relationships and it's so beautiful it's so wonderful i love i love that song so much and i think it would be the perfect soundtrack for the angst with a happy ending fan fiction <laughs> that i have in my head maybe <laughs> danica don't hold me to it that's true I'm that, just, there's I'm just that. gonna don't hold me to it yeah that, 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 that is that is definitely but yes thing. that would be uh my choice interestingly enough i i would have to agree that that is one of my um sort of like of the ben platt the, the the ben platt song because you know listen to listen i was listening to it while sort of like doing grocery shopping i was like low-key crying <laughs> just because it's Great. so beautiful and interestingly enough it was another song uh on that on that album that like sort of our sister and cousin had sort of told us hey you should totally try covering the song etc uh, it was about you know kind of like we can grow old together and you don't have to leave to change you can oh, change with mm-hmm. me and it's cute it's a cute little too. ditty right and and apparently it was a friend's uh, wedding march teddy was teddy did wedding. not know that i did not know that either because because another friend covered it on their like facebook because that's what we do now uh, during quarantine days is we just make you know, like art and stuff apparently but when alexa said that's not my favorite it's, it's actually run away i'm just like oh my god yeah i'm crying i am crying so yeah it is it's been a ben platt week mm-hmm. i want to say um and uh it's it's gorgeous i i there's i can't there's i can't say enough good things about it i find cool all righty now we move on to a segment that we would like to call new and for review new and for review okay new and for review is just basically well what's new and what's gonna be for (laughs) review so you want to start i have four things i can talk about today a few i've already mentioned before so we're just gonna go quickly through them First, I got a physical galley copy of 10 Things I Hate About Pinky by Sandhya Menon, which is out on July 21st. Basically, this is a third novel, or this is the third novel in her Dimple and Rishi series, and it features two characters that have already appeared in the previous books. So Pinky and Samir end up making a fake dating relationship agreement for the summer in order to sort of appease Pinky's parents. You know, and, you know, prove that she doesn't always have terrible taste in boys. And we all know where that's going, so I'm not going to go into it. The next book that I got is actually a prize I won from the author. I got an arc of Vanessa Yu's Magical Paris Tea Shop, which is out on August 4th. This one is by Roselle Lim. So this is about Vanessa, and she's always been able to read fortunes or misfortunes in tea leaves. But when she gets a vision of her own death, she decides, like, enough is enough. I don't want this power, this ability anymore. And it just so happens that this is the same time, or around the same time, when an eccentric aunt of her family's comes and offers her uh, the opportunity to come with her to Paris for a little while. And so Vanessa takes it, and uh, it's kind of about her coming to terms with the power she has and what it actually means for the course of her life. And then, oh my gosh, I was so excited about this. I got access to an e-galley of Well Played by Jen DeLuca, which is out on September 22nd. Very this nice. This is the companion novel to Well Met, which I read and loved last year. It features a char- a secondary character from the first book, uh, Stacy, who is Emily's friend. And this is her love story, basically. She's been exchanging these sort of lovely emails with this guy that she had a sort of summertime fling with during the Ren Fair last year, but only to discover later on that it might not actually be him that she was talking to this entire time. Huh. Interesting. It's kind of one of my favorite random romance tropes. Like, I just, I'm very excited for that. 
And the last book I'm going to mention is The Puppet Master's Apprentice by Lisa DeSelm. This is out on October 13th. And all you guys really need to know about it is that it's Pinocchio meets Frankenstein, which is the most unusual, <laughs> unusual combination of the things. puppet is alive! But I am very much looking forward to checking it out. <laughs> so what is new and for review on your queue? Ooh, look at all my rhyming skills. That is true. That, that Them's some good rhymes, Tony. Okay, cool. Um, very, very quickly, I just want to uh, do a quick call out to the Dragon Rider Chronicles box set. Um, it's really cool that there's it's, a box set. It's super cool. I think it's I think it's just a Kindle only release, um, and I've pre-ordered it. Uh, and and it is by Nicole Conway. Uh, I devoured her Dragon Rider Chronicles books. Um, there's about two series within that universe right now. This is the first one, uh, and and I kind of love it. What, what what's cool is what happened. What what comes with the box set is sort of like a like a never before seen um, Dragon Rider prequel. And to me, that's that's worth. It. I mean, I just I just have fallen in love uh, enough, uh, just enough with this world to just mm. go. Okay, this is definitely something I'm gonna look out for. I do love Nicole Conway's um, sort of writing. She does bring a very contemporary spin to a very medieval world, which is to me, it was both sort of like a jarring at first because I'm not used to people, you know, people talking normally in medieval times. Like there's an ease with you know, there, usually there's kind of like Lord of the Rings language. Well, Gandalf do. Uh, what news from afar you know that kind of there's a, there's a formality to it an old-timey feel to the vernacular but she she sort of doesn't have a lot of that it's not heavy-handed in this one uh, which is great and because it's not a middle grade book either and those can be you know um you know, very colloquial if they want to be uh that that you have a serious sort of like why a uh i want to say a series a fantasy series with some pretty accessible vernacular, like just the way people talk is just kind of like, you know, it's, you know, we do not, uh, we do not uh, <laughs> wear if mother's drapes, you know what I mean, whatever. Um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And uh, and so there's that. That's coming, uh, I want to say, end of uh, May 30. I would have called this out on uh, Bookish Buzz, but it's just coming so soon. And I've pre-ordered it, so it's just going to hit my queue, like mm. literally at the end of the weekend. Speaking of hitting cues, I also have some new books that are perhaps uh, to be submitted for all of you 20 people for review. Hey, man. Um, the pre-order links for my first ever inaugural uh, novella uh, is, is out now. Uh, I and my brother, my brother and I have been um, uh, kicking about ideas and stories for the last, uh, I want to say, 20 years and I was never, never serious about it until I want to say in the last three years where we're like, you know what, we got to do something about this. Mm -hmm. And finally, we did. And we've, uh, and this June, we are launching our studio. It's called Blue Room Projects. Um, more on that, uh, more on the history of that some other time when it's actually relevant. But um, for now, um, I, I, I put out a little sci fi thing. And uh, it's basically centering, it's basically sort of like a loose, uh, ins loosely inspired uh, by the Snow White and the Fair Seven Dwarves fairy tale right a lot of elements there so you've got your girl and you've got your seven somethings in this case it's not dwarves it's you know assault robots because that's my brother's thing mm -hmm. he it started out as a True. post on his instagram uh, yeah he has an art my brother has an instagram so go check out ks art studios and um he just thought hey you know what for fun i'm gonna make a series called badass princesses where it's traditional princesses from fairy tales but with robots because he loves robots and so we started with snow white and then I thought, you know what? He's leveling up as an artist. Maybe I should level up as a writer. And when I... And so he did his Snow White and the Seven Bots, right? And that was cool. And he gave them all, like, roles. One of them's a saboteur. And one of them's, like, heavy arms. You know, one of them's, like, an assassin. It's a lot of these, you know, things. One of them's, like, the quantum computer. And 
I thought, okay, let's make a story out of it um, just for fun. Like, I, I was going to make fan fiction out of his work. But then when the character started to pop off of the page and come alive and I'm hearing full conversations in my head of this crew, of this, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, my goodness, we should get something, you know, th- this looks like a real story that we can sink our teeth into. And true enough, within the span of the last three, four months, I want to say, I started in February. February, um, And since we did plan to release novellas, right? know less than 50k words micro publishing easier to manage we don't want to sell full novels because we're not on that level yet we can't do manga yet either so it's kind of like almost like the light novel culture in japan uh and yuki shiragane was born yuki shiragane literally means snow white metal and i thought white metal robots that's awesome that's really it like you just you know just to be sort of like what's a cool language that we that we are familiar ish with that has the little translations snow white and Yuki Shirogane was mm. the closest thing, so it's coming out in June, and it's gonna be in, it's gonna be, there's gonna be a Kindle only exclusive edition, um, and that's probably gonna be the Amazon exclusive edition as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's going to be a deluxe sort of, and that's our by the way, the Kindle edition is our pre-launch sort of thing because we do plan to launch end of June, but prior to that, we're gonna release just the just the story in a special Kindle only poster, um, and then at the end of the month, uh, at the end of June, is the true kind of like official launch of like blue room uh, projects as a studio and uh the novella is going to come with an art book because that's just how we roll <laughs> um so yeah yeah it's a passion project super cool um that we're finally here and uh, it'll be the first of two for this year more on that some other time but uh, that is definitely what is new and for review on my end okay cool um now let's play a game called full stream ahead sounds good Full Stream Ahead. All right, Full Stream Ahead is a game where we just basically ask everybody around the table. And I say that because ideally we wanted to podcast with friends. So maybe Maybe the last few episodes are going to have podcasts with friends or maybe next season. But um, where we ask everybody around the table, what have you been streaming uh, these days? Lex. I think we talked about, did we talk about City of Lover? I don't remember. We might have. We mentioned it in passing. Well, we watched City of Lover, and it was great. Uh, Taylor Swift had a very intimate concert in Paris, and she shared it, so we watched that. I recently watched the second edition of the Disney Family Sing-Along, which that I quite enjoyed. Yep. This particular one I liked better because most of the songs were ones that I knew, and I enjoyed all the artists as well who were part of it. And it kind of spiraled into me and Mackie having our own karaoke session, which was really fun. Which was great. Uh, I also watched the Ben Platt Netflix netflix special which i mentioned earlier it's a cover it's basically coverage of his radio city music hall concert from last year and it was really really fun he is so personable he is excellent on stage both as a singer and just as someone talking about himself and it was just great it was the perfect combination of like great music a great performer and great stories that he was telling the whole time so that was really fun of course we're gonna do some anime updates but that's gonna have to wait till a little later for a different section of the video but that's pretty much what i've been streaming yeah and that's always like like really really cool um i have been streaming roughly the same things um nothing too new because i have been sort of doing the best that i can to get this book out um (laughs) but definitely of mention would be that that sort of sing-along because it does inspire you to to sort of like make new songs in fact uh, and so I have been so you know full stream ahead. What have I been streaming? I have been on the on the other side of that, meaning I am the one streaming. 
Mm. <laughs> and and I want to say the last couple of months, I have streamed about three-ish videos, I want to say. So mm. I did a cover with a friend for uh, of, 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 that re- of, of an old Dawson's Creek song soundtrack, um, you know, piece called Any Lucky Penny. So there's that. That's coming out soon. I streamed like the dirty kind of like unedited version just as a preview. That's coming out soon. I have streamed uh, a, a roomie project. So I has some roommates from college mm. and a couple of them decided, hey, let's do a song. And so we sort of did for fun, for personal like consumption. So we did that Tori Kelly version of Hallelujah, mm. which was pretty cool. And uh, just recently I decided to record a video of me singing uh, one of the songs that I'd written that uh, we had put out on Alexa's uh, um, booktube channel. And uh, it's called uh, If I Could, and it's streaming on YouTube right now. And uh, yeah, so I have been streaming stuff, but from the other side <laughs> of the platform, uh, meaning I am the one streaming it to two people, and that's kind of cool. It um, is. Two of which are private, uh, and the other one is super public. That's going to be kind of its own thing. So yeah, music projects here and there, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Which leads us to our next segment, very short, uh, Reading Right Now. Reading Right Now. So basically, Reading Right Now is... What are you reading right now? Like it's, <laughs> it's been a week, and again, so much useful if you've got like guests every like two day, you know, every, every two episodes. But uh, since we're sort of doing this all kind of like sheltering in place kind of deal, uh, it's just really me and Alexa. So these become sort of more like updates on: Are we still reading the thing? Have we moved on? What's going on? I have finished Illuminate, and I am now reading Gemini, which is the Hooray. next book in that series. It is a companion novel sort of sequel, and it focuses on a different part of the Baytech Corporation conspiracy. We're following two new characters, Hannah and Nick, and they are on the Heimdall, which is like a space station. Yep. And it's it's real good so far. It is different from the first book because it has a different setup, but it's also connected in the same in the vibe that it has the no it has like the connecting factors is what i wanted to say nice so it that's been really good i'm maybe a third of the way through that i'm also reading east in paradise which is by tiff marcello this is also a sequel it's a companion novel sequel in the true north series i want to say it's called and it is about a filipino-american character named Bryn, and she's always kind of wanted to open like a spot for a cooking retreat of sorts like away from the city and stuff like that so managing her own small business and she finally gets the opportunity to do it at a perfect location which is this house in a vineyard somewhere except that the person who was financially backing her has not been able to give her more money and so she has to find a new way to fund the rent for the place and when the opportunity to sort of be part of this like reality show type thing while she's setting up the business comes into her life she agrees to that but there is a catch she's gonna have to pretend sort of that she and her landlord who just so happens to be this very good looking army reservist dude are having a thing there's like sparks flying so it's it's really cute so far and i'm really enjoying that one as well lovely what are you reading right now? what am (laughs) i am reading the uncorrected proof of my book tonight no um yeah but but seriously I am reading, uh, well, or rather, I had just finished reading a really, really cool book. Uh, well, actually, it's, um, I want to say, a graphic novel series, about three graphic novels, three volumes, rather, by David Munoz uh, and, and illustrated by uh, Manuel Garcia, and it, uh, called The Last Ones. Now, it, this is a, a post, it's one of those post-apocalyptic vampire books, which, to me, I've been reading, like, because thanks, thank you, Kindle Unlimited, that's just my life now. 
Um, seriously, I'm reading so much. <laughs> so many comics. So, so many comics, time. and it's it's almost kind of like my graphic novel life has like thrived thanks to to Kindle Unlimited. But um, it's set in uh in in the not too distant future, where um humans screwed up the environment. The sun basically decided to shine a little less and blanketed the world in like a colder kind of climate, uh, which means vampires can go out, quote unquote, in the day because the sun isn't sort of beating down as, as it used to and uh, upsets the balance of the world. There is some really cool lore there about how they kept the vampire population sort of down. But now that they're out, um, it centers around a school teacher and a bunch of kids that's what this story is about and to me that's sort of refreshing because you've got your survivors and there, there's the big blonde busty one and then there's like the cool jo- whatever there's a lot of these tropes right these post-apocalyptic tropes but then this it's a school well, she's not even a school teacher she's, she's a children's book uh, illustrator who got stuck at a school when the sun sort of like stopped shining and then the vampires took over the world and they're just trying to find safe haven and uh and and they're and and they're out and they've been trying to survive and she and, and she takes her and a bunch of school kids who have resorted to calling her teacher to sort of calm themselves down, and that's it sort of follows their adventure right when a mysterious sort of like soldier helps them along the way, and then things are unraveled and I I like I liked it I liked it it it's 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 a pretty bleak story, uh, of the whole and it's probably the only thing I didn't necessarily like to it but I will defend how it makes sense the way they ended it that way. Like, I'll be the first one to say, it totally makes sense. Uh, the entire story goes full circle. Okay. I absolutely believe that that was a valid choice and can defend it. Now, did I like it? Was I hoping for a little sunshine and a little light at the end of the tunnel? All, all puns intended. Yeah, totally. Because I'm just like, come on, you guys. But no, it, it ends on a very... It, it ends... It, it goes full circle. Okay. And the characters do change. But their situation, unfortunately, does not. So... That's why how I can defend it. It's like um, they, they, it's just no help is coming, but we're stronger now and we've got more of a resolve. Not fun, not fun. I'll be like spoilers, but that's just like I was hoping for some real hope, but apparently the only hope you need is the hope that burns inside that you're gonna survive. I, t- ugh, it's so it's so everything's that's up for grabs. It, it well, you know what I mean. It's it's one of those, you know, it, it's one of those we've become the heroes that we need to be, and everything else doesn't matter. But it kind of does. I mean, I kind of want to, like, have... I mean, even The Walking Dead had some kind of long hiatus where there was prosperity for a really, really, really long time before some crazy messed up shit started happening uh, happen, happening again. Um, and so so there is that. There is that. Uh, so, yeah, that's the... finished that. That was pretty cool. It's on my Goodreads. It's called The Last Ones. All three books. Very, very cool. Alrighty, now uh, moving forward, uh, it's time to play another couple of games. Uh, let's start with Alexa's favorite game, uh, which will probably Do never I have go a away. Game? Which is <laughs> these last two games, I swear to God, are just never gonna go away. Like, um, I think, I think, I think imagine? next season is gonna have like new games, maybe. But these last two are gonna stay forever, and mm. we'll know why. For those of you tuning in for the first time, this this game is called Otaku Obsessions. Mm. Otaku mm. Obsessions. So because the people that we sort of want to you know uh, get on this podcast uh also have sort of an anime sort of uh background or manga sort of like background or just anything sort of you know kind of fangirly in the in the in the otaku sort of world um it would be a fun game to just go okay this week what have you what have you been obsessing about from an otaku perspective okay this is the time when we're now going to talk about sailor moon s because we are still watching it (laughs) 
And I'm actually kind of behind on our rewatch, but that's fine. Anyway, Sailor Moon S by far has been the best season of Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. And anyone who wants to argue otherwise can fight me. No, (laughs) No, but I'm serious. It is actually a pretty great season. It still does have the formulaic bits of, like, they gain more powers. They are facing whatever bad villain-type character of the week has been put into play. There's still, like, that weird, overarching big villain plot, and it hasn't been revealed yet what's really going on. But anyway... I really enjoy the season because it's nice to see the girls a little bit more grown up and their concerns in life are a little bit different because they're about to start high school. But and still on brand. Yes, still on brand very much. And it's just it's just fun to be with them after having been with them for the last two seasons. I love that things are getting shaken up because of the arrival of two more Sailor Scouts, a.k.a. Neptune and Uranus, yeah. a.k.a. Michiro and Haruka, and they are so great and I love them so much. Chibi Moon's also back, uh, which you know, that's fine too. <laughs> she's she's back mostly for a. Fa- I mean, there's there's just got to be a way know. to lighten the series. There's just something series. really magical about this particular season. I think it's just because it's starting to come into its own, and I like that a lot. So that has been my current obsession. Uh, there is also the fact that Fruits Basket is airing pretty regularly every week. Up until this point, I don't know if that will continue to be the case because I'm not sure if they actually finished animating all the episodes before they started the season. We'll find out. A lot of the other shows have gone on hiatus, unfortunately, because yeah. of this whole situation. But uh, Fruits Basket is still airing. And, okay, I already know what's going to happen because I've read the manga, right? But even though I know I still get so excited every single episode, it's almost like it never happened, and I don't know. I am and it nuts. Was great. I am uh, I, The last episode nuts. in particular, I obviously am... Bi- okay, spoilers. I am very biased, and I have a favorite ship, and we'll talk about that more in another section, but the last episode had a lot of, like, Kyo and Toru quality time, so I am here for it. We also started getting more perspective on the whole, like, thing with Akito and everything like that. But the thing that was really special about the last episode was that Yuki had a good moment for himself. And I was really excited for him for that. Even in the manga, it's really nice to read. So that was great and that was fun. What's your otaku obsession? My my otaku obsession for this week is going to have to be Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune. I mean, it's just that, you know, while I'm watching this thing, because I have been... Okay, first of all... Let's be very specific at which, because uh, there's so much about them that I don't have the time to unpack right now, and just sort of like, you know, and I know this is supposed to be the fangirl like like podcast, but there is such a th- there there are lines we need to draw them, uh, but I do want to say that um, I I think I was in the another the other room when you were watching this, but mm. I really really wanted to see your face when they finally reveal the Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune transformation sequence because to me that is my favorite transformation sequence. Almost of all time, I want to say to me that trumps every single super cyan level, Saiyan level, whatever uh, that has ever been introduced ever. We're at like sixteen now or something like that. That trumps so the, even the Ray Earth transformations where they have the Escudo and it's going to be like a different thing and whatever. Um, even Card Captor in sort of like her twenty bajillion like you know Star Wand you know costume variants there was something just about that violin or viola or whatever it is that they do with, with that, that opening and how uniform their openings are as opposed to like the sailor scouts uh, the inner scouts right the inner planets that are a little bit more funky with theirs but um, but with with the with Uranus and Neptune there's a there's a symmetry to it that I absolutely appreciate um, and so that is my otaku obsession it is it is the magical girl transformation phenomenon 
where you're spinning around in an alternate universe, one hopes, uh, and then you sort of come back ready to kick butt and you know fire off like whatever. So that is yeah, that is because and and, and here's the thing, um, I'd first seen that watching the Sailor Moon S movie, I think because I didn't watch the series, I didn't have the time to watch the series. I was just like up to my eyeballs and like I can't really right now with their priorities and <laughs> and though I respect the series and especially the manga it's just it wasn't just something that I wanted to put myself through at that point in time if I knew that it was going to sort of lean towards the absurd and the uh, kind of uh these are my mundane problems and I'm I'm a girl and, and that's and that's fine like that that's its own thing it but that wasn't what I wanted for myself so I, I focus on the movie, which was all narrative and story, and, and it's pretty great quality. And apparently that was sort of hewn from the manga as well. And I think it's great. So that's so I can't wait until uh, for for Alexa to fit for us to finish Sailor Moon Super, uh, Super S. Uh, so, sorry, Sailor Moon S by this this weekend, so we can cap it off with Sailor Moon S the movie, which is going to be super awesome. Alrighty, in which case we now go to the second game, which spawned this entire podcast because we are shipper trash. That's what we are. Uh, this game is called Shipwreck or Ahoy. Shipwreck or Ahoy. So Shipwreck or Ahoy is a game where everybody talks about their ships and did they sail? And thus you can say, Ahoy, tis a ship. Or did they not sail and is a wreck on the proverbial reef of canon? No. <laughs> sometimes it's canon. Uh, sometimes it's other things. So... Uh, have you shipped anyone this week? Hard. 10 billion spoilers alert. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's well, pretend I said did, spoiler alert 10 billion who times. Who did we ship? Okay, so obviously if you do not want to be spoiled for Fruits Basket, get out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, do cover no, your But ears. on a more serious note, Kyo and Toru are still the cutest, and I love them so much. And my favorite thing about them is that Kyo always... Know, like, Kyo doesn't come across as a very emotionally attuned person. No, he does not. Because he's Kyo. You know what I mean? But for some reason, he always knows how to read Toru, and that kills me on the other. I love, I love when that happens between two characters. So obviously, I ship that, and I obviously ship Haruka and Mitro because, like, how could I not? <laughs> like, I love. We recently watched the episode where you see how they first met, and I'm just like here, and I'm like, you get it, girls, you no, get no, it. No, no, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I totally like that is a ship. It was, it was a brilliant ship. A very very brilliant ship uh but i will also mention my illuminate ship ships i should say yeah we should do let's that. start with we katie and ezra because we're going to talk about how traumatic it was for me and this is full on spoilers obviously for the illuminate series so katie and ezra i think i mentioned last week that i shipped them and i really enjoyed them together this was prior to the moment that i realized that this entire time aiden had been pretending to be ezra to convince katie to get on his the ship where he is in order to help him and i'm here and i'm like traumatized i may have screamed at maki once or twice because i was really upset however spoiler alert ezra's still alive so we're all good and <laughs> they get to be happy so that's great after all the trauma they've been to they've been through they deserve that meanwhile my new ship my current new ship is hannah and nick who are the characters in the second book Hannah technically is dating someone else, and he's fine. Like, he's okay. And he's got a great accent, but that's also because I'm biased about that audiobook narrator. But anyway, (laughs) the thing is, and I told Maki this, I'm like, it's kind of obvious who she has more chemistry with from the start, and it is not the boyfriend. And I'm like, okay, so when is she going to cave and just, you know, admit that she has feelings, or she's catching Uh, them? Feelings. So, they're my other ship. Uh, Clearly, I had a lot of ships to talk about this week. No, no, for sure, for sure. So, who's... 
your ship. Well, I, I'm still on sort of Uranus and Neptune right now. I mean, they're great. Because I... I there's something about how... It, like they go hard like they re- like they're they they are dead serious about the fate of the universe I like, how they're like they go hard they do they do they're, they're like you know we take no prisoners uh True. we don't have the we don't have the time or the energy to expend on anything else that is not the mission and it is lonely and it is terrible and there's quite literally nothing in the world like them i don't know if i mentioned it last week but i'm definitely mentioning it again because we're still watching sailor moon and i've shipped them harder this week because that of that realization that there is nobody like them there's mm-hmm. nobody on their class on their level Granted, they are more humanized and uh, are taught a lesson in compassion by Usagi herself, which I think part of the I love that. Yeah, that's that's actually. that's part of the the narrative, but 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 for them to to find that 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 extra piece of humanity that will not trample on, uh, you know, uh, the the little guy, right? Um, even if it means the end of the world, is 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 a shared journey that they have, mm-hmm. and uh, the constant flirting is just so like my God, the tension that you can cut They're with a so knife. Cute. Um, that they build themselves, mind you, um, and and I and that's believable to me. It's like to have two people, literally you and me, against the world, um, and to be so extraordinary and to be the, literally the last of each other's kind, mm. uh, who wouldn't fall in love in that scenario, right? And and they're perfect for each other in that. They sense. really are, though. They absolutely. So so that's that's my that's my deal. That's that's my ship, and it is it has been sailing for decades now. Thank you very much. That is great. Um, sure, I ship Kyo and and, and uh, Toru as well to a point. I mean, you don't know anything yet. So. I don't know anything at all, but at the same time, I kind of don't want to. Like, I like what I, the only thing I like the the one thing I like the most about the Toru and Kyo ship from from Fruits Basket is he knows her so well, and that to me, that to me is like trumps a lot because Kyo. you know, you know, being human is about being seen. I, I find. Uh, and being noticed and being like understood really seen for what mm-hmm. you are and and to be loved on that level first just in general and then because you just just something about you that i can't you know live without is great and that's the subtext that's the pathos that 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 is that is kind of existent in that ship and i am down for that cool Alrighty. in which case we will now go on to and we'll close uh, we'll close this uh, podcast off to something called uh featured fandom featured fan featured fandom featured fandom Alrighty, lex what is today's or rather this week's featured fandom the fandom that totally sort of again grabbed you by the lapels and said you got to notice me this week um, it can be a special mention to something that you haven't, you know, uh, paid attention to in a while, and you're like, "Oh, this popped." It's re- no, re- no, its no. I've got one. Oh, you've got one. All right. Well, what's the featured phantom? The Illuminate Files. Because how could it not be? Okay, the Illuminate Files. I already like talked about this in the recent reads, and we're not going to go too much into it. But the reason that I have to mention it is because I was a little skeptical about how I was going to feel about that series because I'm not so much a sci-fi reader. I will occasionally read it especially if it's an author that I've already tried before and would definitely read more from. But like in this case, I was like a little skeptical because it has this sort of alternative format and like 50-50, like some people really love it. Some people are kind of like, eh, it's fine. (laughs) And I decided to go the route of doing a double format read, which is what my friend Hannah from So Obsessed With recommended, as I mentioned before. She was the one who suggested that I listen to the audiobook, which has an ensemble cast and it's sort of set up to be like an audio drama. 
and also have the physical book to page through while I was listening to it so that I could catch all the diagrams and the drawings, anything that couldn't be translated into the audio. And you know what? It's been so brilliant. I think there's a lot that I want to say about the series, but I think the thing that I primarily have to give a shout out to is how much thoughtful planning probably went into it because it is an unusual way to tell a story through a gathered set of different things like chat transcripts and video surveillance footage and drawings and graphs and diagrams and all sorts of things like that emails even it's it's an unusual format and there is the chance that it'll be more plot driven than character driven and you'll kind of lose the character development and having their personality shine through and i don't know how they did it but amy kaufman and jay kristoff successfully managed to tell an exciting story to use this unique format and to still give you characters that you get to know and can root for you really get a sense of who these main narrators are and i really appreciated that I also have to obviously give a shout out to the audiobook because the experience is like 10 times more intense for me because I'm listening to this cast act out the scenario. There are extra sound effects, there's like all of this crazy stuff in it and I'm really enjoying it and it's really gotten me like hooked on the series and like wanting to know what happens next. So definitely got to give a shout out to the Illuminae Files which is not something I thought I would ever say so there's that. What is your featured fandom? If it's X-Men <laughs> I'm going to laugh. So it is definitely not X-Men uh, this week, but I, I <laughs> but I am sort of like hearkening back to my love for, for sci-fi. And by sci-fi, I mean like commercial sci-fi, like the easiest, most accessible kind of sci-fi, not the kind of sci-fi where you're like, there's a ship and it traveled to like this to observe the remnants of this civilization that exploded when its sun went nova only to realize at the end of this story the narrative that they had the reason the only reason they had a jesuit priest on that on the on that ship was because the uh, the the star in question that went nova was actually the star of bethlehem which is again that's a like that's og like you know it's sci sci-fi where you're like put humans in a situation that's scientifically impossible and see how they respond and in my head, I'm like, that's the, I, I, just, I just I just like robots and like lasers and like the force, man. Uh, and, and I remember um, like the first sci-fi books. And here's the thing, uh, tri trivia. I didn't read a lot as a kid. Mm. And the only time that I did read, I think I was probably in sixth grade, probably. Yeah, definitely sixth grade. Um, and the young, the junior, no, not the young, the junior Jedi Knights book series came out. It was these tiny things that were the size of spine tinglers and, you know, um, uh, the Animorphs. Just those little kind of like kind of like tiny thin books like that are like mm -hmm. for kids back in the day and um and it was about han and leia's youngest son finally going to the jedi academy oh yes meeting a friend who was a sand person and she couldn't stop talking uh and and, and he was quiet so that was perfect and i think that was oh my gosh that was that's that's some low-key the the sullen dark shadowy one is soft on the sunshiny bright one literally the the, the anakin comes with well, anakin solo came from like a, a like a sprawling you know city planet and tahiri came from like the desert in tatooine so that's sun and shadow all at the same time and plus he had the whole my grandfather was evil what about me kind of thing and um and i loved that i absolutely mm. loved I, I just ate that up it was so accessible to me the animorphs are also a, a sci-fi kind of thing um, and then eventually that, that that opened up the whole uh kind of star wars universe to me now the legends universe and um, go figure that the first book that I was able to write pretty easily was 
kind of like in the, in, in the sci-fi genre and i haven't read sci-fi in a long time too like it stopped when they stopped making the star wars universe that i loved canon that's when it died well that's not true i that, and that's also not fair that that universe died its own horrible death when it started killing characters that i loved so maybe i'm glad that it's legends because then the characters that i loved didn't exist to die all of a sudden I out mean, of nowhere there is that. but you know but that that's pretty much my thing and so and so yeah just sci-fi accessible sci-fi in general uh ensemble cast sci-fi right so i'm talking uh, dollhouse i'm talking firefly you know where, where it's really just more about sort of the character arcs than it is about the science fictioniness of it all right mm-hmm. where it's sort of it, it where where the where, where the crazy tech is just sort of like flavor mm. rather than main plot point right kind of like aliens <laughs> it's like that's the pro- that, that's the thing it's about aliens rather than it's about the force sure the force is there but no it's about it's about it's about a young boy who becomes a hero of, of, of a rebel alliance you know what i mean so so there is that and so yeah nice short sweet just uh um, looking back at my sci-fi roots and how uh, whatever fruit that has that that it has borne in my writing mm. uh, is coming uh, into fruition. So uh, I would like to end that note on some shameless, shameless plugging. Um, please do go to uh, blueroomprojects.com uh, to to take a good look at what's coming uh, in June and what's coming end of the year and even a little bit mm. next year. Um, they've got links to sort of like the Amazon uh, Kindle uh, books that are out there. I'm still working out how you can sort of print via Amazon. I know those are going to be so pricey, but what the heck? We're going to put that out, put that out anyway because you know, uh, mm-hmm. print on demand is a thing. And if people want physical copies, even if I'm not ready to go on a physical copy launch and put it in every library or bookstore that I know of, whatever Amazon has it. If you want something in your hands, they're like, oh, whatever. Yeah, go for it. Right? Um, there, there's that. And then, uh, but 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 of course, it there, there's just the text only version with a free sort of like pre-launch poster we are launching at the end of at the end of June. Uh, so that you can get on Kindle Unlimited if you've got it. But then there's the one that does come with the art book. My brother has made such beautiful, beautiful, beautiful art um, to this story, and that's what we sort of want to package it as. It's always going to be art and story together, so you can see the characters. Um, you can imagine the anime in your head. There's going to be music. There's going to be a trailer, but more on that some other time. Uh, but um, but yeah, we're we're gonna do this right, and it's gonna be our own little boutique, a uh, little studio where we make stories that we like and uh, uh, see where we go from there. Yeah. Alrighty. So until then, uh, and where we've got all our promotion materials and you know whatever, we hope everybody uh, stays safe. We hope everybody's yes, sheltering in place. Hope everybody happy Memorial Day. We uh, have happy Memorial Day uh, to everybody. Um, hope it's not too jarring when we go back to work uh, tomorrow, but um, for those of us here in the, the U.S., but uh, hope everybody is still saying, uh, so, so hope everybody is still staying safe and healthy during these these crazy crazy so. times. Uh, so yeah. On that note, we, we hope, hope you, you enjoyed, enjoyed the, the buzz. buzz. Hey, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Fandom Buzz. You can also find us talking about our recent reads and our book hauls on youtube.com slash alexalovesbooks and find all of Alexa's book reviews on alexalovesbooks.com.